please preach through Dan because Dan doesn't have anything good to say. Amen? You don't amen that one. It's true. Happy New Year. How's it feel? New year, huh? New start. Yeah, right. Fresh start. New year. I always think of when I think of New Year, I think of being in the gym and it's packed with people that first week. Are you with me? Have you ever been there before? You go to the gym, people are hitting wide because they want to do better, right? We're in, there's an innate sense in us that when the New Year comes, it's a fresh start and we need to do better. Am I right or am I wrong? Amen, if I'm right. I just wanted that once today, all right? So, so we want to do better. We want to eat better. We want to look better. We want to go to the gym. We want to be a better dad, a better mom, a better, a better father, a mother, a better friend. Uh, we, want to, we want to go to church better. It's true. Uh, there's a significant spike at the start of the year in our church attendance. Um, the first few months of the year, people are getting back on track, getting back on track, going to do better. I'm going to read my, I'm going to read this thing, open it up, at home at least two times a week. That's better, so I'm going to do it. You know, we, it's all about being better. But do you find yourself n- never quite getting to that better part? Even when, especially when it comes to, now sometimes we do improve ourselves and over the year and we've done good. Most people don't stick to things they choose to. It lasts about a week or two and then it's gone. Um, but in our spirit, spiritual life, in our walk with, with Christ, a lot of times we go, well, I'm just going to do better for, for, for next year. But the truth is, I don't know if you can do better. We just keep trying. We go, oh, I'm just trying to do, do better. And, and you can't do it. You know that apart from G, G, Jesus Christ, you cannot do it. Do you understand that truth? That My hope is that you leave here today, and I'm going to, I'm going to give my cards out right here, what I would say at the end. My hope is that you leave here today going, Lord, I just want to be a, a restored follower of G, 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 Jesus Christ. Don't be better. Just be a restored follower of Jesus Christ. That is, that is our goal, always. That's where we want to be, always. Are you with me? Let's pray, and we're going to start. Dear God, we thank you for today, the chance to be in your house. Lord, I just do ask that um, you'll use these words, Lord, that as we read your word, Lord, that it'll touch hearts, that it will change and transform lives. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. I love reading the Bible and stories about men, great men of the Bible and, and women, but I relate more to the men, sorry. Um, um, but I love to read the stories of those great men because I, I relate to them. Now, some of you are going, ooh, that's a little bit high and mighty you. But I, what I love about it is that we see the rawness of who they are. We see their sinful, their weak weaknesses and their conditions, and that's what I relate to. And in the midst of that, I see, well, if God can use that guy or that woman, and they were in that state before, and he can use them for great things in his honor and glory, then God can use even me. And I relate to that. Is that a, a nice thing for y'all? Encouragement? Because I want to be encouraged. I don't know about you, but I need to be encouraged all the time. And so we're going to look today at a man named Peter. man you've probably heard about. But we're going to look at three passages of Scripture today that have to do with him. Because I I want to look at the life of Peter and see the road he took from rebellion to righteousness. And it's a road that we all take, but it's a road that he took. And I want to see, first, what he did, but you don't miss out on what God did, because that's the biggest part of the story. Because without God moving or God at work, Peter would have been a lost goose, whatever that means. So, if you can turn me to Luke chapter 22, that's where we're going to start today. 
And it's a story that you've um, all probably, if you've been in church uh, for some amount of time, you've heard the story. They've been in the garden. Uh, they've been praying in the garden. They come and arrest G- G- Jesus and lead him away. That's where we're, we're going to jump in. Peter and the dis- di- dis- di- disciples were there. We're going to start in verse 54. So here we go. Then they seized him, Jesus, and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard, sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light, looked closely at him and said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You are one of, him, of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour still, another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also is with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Anybody here, speaking of weeping bitterly, anybody here a Jaguar fan? (laughs) Some, we got some, okay. In 2000, I think the year was 2007, I was invited to go to a Jaguar game. Have you, have you ever been to a game before? Yeah, invite. it's always nice to get invited where it's a free ticket, right? That's, I mean, especially now. But, um, so I, I went, but it wasn't just a free ticket to the game. It was a game up in Pittsburgh, 2007. It was a December 16th was the date. I know the date because the guy asked me to go, and it was flying up with the Jaguar team. He was a vice president of a bank, and every three years they got two, two tickets to fly with the team on the plane, go with the team bus, the hotel, they put you up, bus you to the game. I mean, it's like first class. So I, I, I called my wife, sweet wife, and said, sweetheart, um, is it all right if I go on this trip? It's free, you know, and um, I only have one, one, one ticket for me and then this guy. The problem was it fell on our, our, our um, 11th wedding anniversary. But my wife goes... Free tickets? You go! You go. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for me, but she said, go, go, go. So I went. Dude, let me tell you what. I could live in that lifestyle. Mm. We go to the plane. They give you a big box. Big box. Zach, you would, lo- would like this. You sit down in this nice seat, a lot more room than I've had before. Open the box, just like a full rib feast, like Mac Daddy, hot, steaming. Before the plane takes off, you've got this, Right? Plane takes off. They come and take that within about 20 minutes. Not, I couldn't eat it all. I was like, trying, like about to growl at the person. They come and they bring a new plate full of, I don't even remember what it was, but it was just he- he- heaven. The box went, ah, more food, okay? And these football players around us, and two those boys could eat. And so they think I'm a football player too, evidently because of my build and everything. And um, so they're, they're giving me this. And so they take that, and then they give us chocolate bars that are like this big, no lie. I mean, they're like, and these guys are taking like three of them. They're like, I'm going to, I'm taking three, I'm stuffing them in my bag, you know, big old these guys eating it. And um, just first class, we get there in like an hour and 15 minutes. We fly, we land, bus, the hotel, first class. Next day, we wake up, bus us to the game. 
seats. We're good. Man, I've got my Jaguar hat on. It's a cold day there. It actually began to snow, um, but I had a coat on, but I had, didn't have a zip because I had a big Jaguar sweatshirt. Man, I was representing the Jaguars. You know what I'm saying? Representing. Um, and I got to tell you, I don't know if Pittsburgh is the place to represent. First of all, I'll tell you a small story. As our bus was going, we were on three buses, um, and Austin and I were going across the bridge, one of the three rivers bridges about to go into the stadium, and I noticed there's some smoke that is, is coming off to our right, and our bus is on fire on the bridge in tra- traffic. And I'm thinking, I got free tickets to a game, and I'm going to burn to death on this bus. <laughs> you know, but we didn't, so that's good. I didn't freak out like that. In front of, I kept it all inside. Um, we pull off. It's a good thing they let us out of the bus. Bus is on flames, on fire, um, right where all the a lot of Pittsburgh fans were tail tail get, getting. I'd been there for a few hours. Um, they see us as our j- Jaguar fans. I got called some names I'd never heard before, and I work with youth, um, so um, it was just as you're like, oh, dude, this is scary. So we get to the game, and it's like 25 degrees out or something. It's freezing, but when you're at a football game, you gotta have like a 128 ounce big gulp coke or something that's just me i just gotta have it so i went down to go get the coke and i I was going down you go underneath and you're trying to get in line and i was getting elbowed and shoved and names were were happening and it was just hostile territory so i got my coke sloshed it back to my drink because i noticed no one else was getting mugged but i was i get back to my drink i'm like oh dude i'm alive i made it but if you drink a big gulp in cold weather, what happens? <laughs> exactly. You got to take care of business. And I'm thinking, dude, I got to go back down there. And they're going to kill me when I'm in the bathroom. That's the worst place to go. And uh, so what, what I do, I did what any smart person do. I took, took off my hat, zipped up my coat, shoved everything in, incognito. I wasn't a, a Jaguar fan. I was just one of these, these oh, you know, I was, I was survival mode. You, are you with me? Um, uh, and, and so I, I made it safe for the rest of the day in that mood. When I got back in my seat with all the, the J- Jaguar fans had my hat back on. You know, what's up, what's up? But besides that, when I was down, uh-uh, uh-uh. I wanted to live. Living was important, right? Well, we see a story here um, that in, in a very rough way can relate to the story that I had. And, and Peter, I want you to understand the man that he had spent three years following, living his life with, being like, being a part of, all of a sudden this man has been arrested and there's threats that he's going to be killed and it's not going to be good and his life is rocked and, sh- and shaken and he's scared and he doesn't know what to do. In the midst, we, we see three times, three people say to him as he's sitting around a fire, um, weren't you with this guy? And he says, no, 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 I wasn't with him. And we read the story and go, Peter's just trying to take care of himself, right? He's scared. He doesn't know what he's doing. But I want you to understand the truth here, and that is that in the midst of the turmoil here, Peter picked rebellion, and rebellion is sin. Do you understand that Peter's denial of, of Christ here three times is rebellion, and it's sin, and it's wrong? Do we understand, and this is the same Peter that he saw G- G- Jesus walk on water, and not only that, but 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 Jesus empowered him to walk on it. He said, "You come on out here," and he walked on it for a little bit before it began to sink. This is the same G- 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 Jesus who Peter saw sick touch the hem of G- 
Jesus' robe and were healed. This is the same Jesus that Peter saw feed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. And we read about those three stories in Matthew chapter 14. There's 89 chapters in the Gospels, all chalked full of things, amazing things that Jesus did. And most of those things Peter saw. He knew who Jesus was. He even said who he was. But in the midst of a scary, it got bad, it got rough, he didn't know what to do, he panicked. Have you ever done that? Dude, I think we do that a lot. In the midst of what's right and wrong, don't know what to do, we just choose, no, I don't know anything about that. Now, I want you to see um, or understand this, and I've said it once already, but I'll say it again. His denial of Christ is rebellion against God. In Matthew 10, uh, 32 and 33, it says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who is in in heaven. Words of Jesus. So understand that that was sin, that Peter picked rebellion, that he was sinful. Now, my, my case is, is funny. I can relate to this in some ways. I have, do y'all have a, a little voice in your head at times that tells you to do things? Or is it just me and I'm mental? Okay, it's just, y'all are worse than I am. And um, I have this voice that tells me when I have the urge to even talk about God, um, I'm great at church, it's safe at church, but when I'm outside of church, eating out someplace, this voice that says, ooh, don't, don't do it, even when the urge is there. And this voice says, Dude, this is what it says to me. Dude, you can't even talk right. They're going to think you're a freak if you start to talk about God. You're going to hurt the chance for them to come to know God if you speak up because you sound like a clown. That's what the voice tells me inside my head. And some of you would say, oh, well, it's all right. You, you try. You try. It's okay. But you know when I don't do what God tells me to do, that it's sin. Disobedience is disobedience. Even when we're like, oh, well, it's not your fault. Oh, it's okay. And we can see the story on Peter. Go, oh, Peter, you were just rocked, man. You were just rocked and scared, and it's not your... But he sinned, and it rocked him. And Jesus foretold this a few verses before that, when in verse um, 31 of, of chapter 22, he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. And Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to both prison and to death. And G- Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the, the, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny uh, three times that you know me. You go, G- 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 Jesus knew he was going to do it. But I want you to understand that in the moment, Peter picked rebellion or sin. And we do the same thing so many times, and that separates us from God. But the story on Peter doesn't end there. I want you all, we're going to jump, like I said, to a couple passages. Jump to John chapter 21. It's the verse I read at the start of the church service. John, the book of John, about one book away, uh, in chapter 21. And Jesus has been beaten, has been tried, has been crucified. He's died, was buried. He rose again on the third day. He's appeared 
to some of the di- 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 disciples at this time. And we see that the disciples are in a boat in the middle of a lake. They've decided to go f- fishing in the first part of chapter tw- tw- 21. Now, in Mark 1, s- 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 17, G- 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 Jesus... Boy, that's the hardest word for me to say. Isn't that great? Jesus calls Andrew and Peter and says, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. This is three years have passed. They've seen Jesus do amazing things. And all of a sudden, life is still sort of a wreck for Peter. He's not a fisher of men right now. He's a fisher of, of no fish because he's fishing out in a boat. He's been there all night long and not caught a thing. But isn't it funny that when we have fallen, when we're sort of ashamed of what we've done, because it tells us in the passage that we, we read last that he wept bit, bitterly. He knew he had messed up and he was ashamed. But isn't it funny? A lot of times we don't get back up and go to God. We get back up and we just go to what's safe, what we know, what's comfortable. We, we, we're, not, we, we, we're rocked. We didn't do good. Let me just stay right here. And all of a sudden we see these guys who followed Jesus for three years. All of a sudden they're back on the boat just fishing. Why? Because it's what they know. It's just safe. It's just safe to be. And we sort of do that same thing. But in this story, as dawn begins to break, they have fished all night, not one fish. That's a bad day, right? I mean, it's a bad day if you don't catch fish, but you fish all night and you don't catch a fish. That's a really bad day. Not one. They see an old man on the bank, or a man. Don't know if he's an old man. Um, dawn's beginning to break, see a man uh, who t- is G- 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 Jesus. I don't know if it's too dark or they can't tell yet or whatever. And um, he says to him, hey, 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 boys, throw your net on the other side of the boat, which I can see a few of those guys going, dude, we've been fishing this whole lake. You think the other side of the boat is really going to help? But they don't say that. Someone takes the net, throws it on the other side of the boat. You've seen the story, you've heard the story, and the net is so full they can't pull it up. John, the beloved disciple, says to, to Peter, it is the Lord. And Peter freaks out. And he's not going to wait for the boat to get to shore. He's going to get to shore no matter what. And isn't it like that? When we've fallen away from God, and all of a sudden there's an opportunity for him to work in our life, I hope that your first gut reaction is to go with him with everything that you've got. That's my only hope. Peter knew he was ashamed. He, you, you, I knew what I did. I've got to make things right. I've got, that's the only thing that I can do is get to him. And he jumps off the shore. So that's where we get. They actually caught 153 fish. It's a large, large, large fish. They lug it, the boat, to shore. And when they get there, breakfast is, is, is being served. Okay, And Peter's there with the Lord. But look here in John 21, verse 15. Said that when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. First point was that Peter picked rebellion. The second point is that Jesus provides restoration. And I want you to know that restoration only comes through Jesus Christ. Peter could have tried to get there all day long, but until Jesus offered it, and we see that he was denied him three times, and a lot of people, the theologians are a lot smarter than me. They go, this, you know, that story and this story really seem to, to, to ring true, because three times he, he denied Christ, and three times he said, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Now, I know that if we were to go real deep into this, we go, well, Agape love is, is one of the words for love, unconditional, and, and philos, and, and, and friendship love, and all that is in there. And we're not going to go there today, but I encourage you to study the passage because it's amazing. But three times he denied a woman, I, I don't know him. He said, man, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I'm not a part of that. And the third, he says, I don't even know what you're talking about. And three times here he's asked, do you love me? He says, yes, I love you. And Jesus says three things to him. He says, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, Feed my sheep. Now, I've got great news for you today. No, it's really not really great news. It's awful news. You know, when the Bible talks about sheep, it's talking about us. And let me tell you something. Um, you know, we like sheep have gone astray. Each one have gone each uh, his own way, and the Lord has placed upon him the good shepherd, the iniquity sin of us all. I'm going to send you out like sheep among wolves. He is the good 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 shepherd wherever it talks about sheep in the word it is us and let me tell you some things about sheep they're not too bright and matter of fact we'll call sheep dumb i'm not calling you dumb calling sheep dumb but you're also sheep (laughs) sheep aren't real tough their teeth can bite through grass about it and it takes them a while they are not real clean they're 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 wool when it's not not shaved right it gets burr stink crud They're, they're nasty animals, and they're not too fast. They run like they have two and a half legs. Envision that, and that's what, how, how fast they are. They're just, they're not good for, they can't run away from harm fast enough. They can't tend for themselves. And, and I just want you to see this, because yesterday I was walking through the message for today, and when I read this, it almost brought me to tears. Because Jesus says to, to Peter, Tend my lambs, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. Do you know that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you put your faith and trust in him, then you are his? You are not only his, but you are his that he looks after. And he tells for people and for pastors to look out for them, to tend them, to love on them, to feed them, to teach them, because they are mine. And that should make us go, oh, dude, that is what my Christian life is all about, me being his and trying to live for his honor and his glory. Are you with me? Or was that just for me? And if it was just for me, it was okay, because I got it. (laughs) Now, look at this. Three times he denied him, and three times he provides restoration to him. But the sweetest thing that Jesus could have said to him, he says at the end. See, Peter 
had been called to be a disciple of Jesus. We went to Mark 1, 117 when he said, to follow me. And Peter had done that and seen him and worked with him and God had used him. But then he, he messed up. And in this restoration process, the last thing that Jesus says to him is after saying this, he said to him, follow me. There is no greater phrase of restoration, I believe, that Jesus could have said to Peter, that Peter's arms, ears would want to hear. Because he's, he's really saying two things. When I read that, because he says, tend my sheep, feed my lambs, or whatever, tend my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. All that stuff is, is work, guys. He's saying, hey, Peter, get out of the boat and get to work. Tend my sheep, feed my lambs. There's work to do. And then he tops off with, hey, come follow me. He's just restored Peter who's gone, oh, I'm just a loser. I'm a wreck. And, and Jesus is like, you are, but I love you in your mind. And that's what he says to us. Sorry if that hurts your feelings. But now we see an Acts because it doesn't end there. I think there's more to this story because we see Peter, um, he, he picks rebellion. Jesus provides restoration. But then we see in the book of Acts, Peter pursues righteousness. And my greatest hope for each one of us is that we will be pursuers of righteousness, of what is right. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says, I will send a helper to you, the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, the Spirit comes. They speak in tongues, not like what you see on TV. They speak in tongues where other people with different languages can tell what they're saying. And Peter, the same one that denied Christ, that couldn't, couldn't even say, yeah, I'm with him. I'm one of those guys who said, no, I don't even know them. I don't know what you're, you're saying. That same Peter, Acts 2, verse 36. Tur tur turn there if you can. It's just the next book over. He begins to preach. And this, this, this Peter who was a denier of a Christ becomes Peter who's a testifier of Christ. Uh, chapter 2, verse 36, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you cru crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brother, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And 3,000 gave their life to Christ after that four-and-a-half-minute ser sermon. I, I, I read that and go, oh, dude, this is awesome. This is good. We see in Acts 3, and I've got to point to all this, so hold on with me. Acts 3, we see that they see a, a, a lame man. He's been lame since birth at a gate called Be Beautiful. He's, he's over 40 years old, been lame all his life, cannot walk, goes there, gets help to get there, begs, and Peter and John are walking by him. Acts 3, 6 or five, they, they tell this guy to look at me. Now, if you are on the road and you're in a turn lane and someone's got a sign that says, we'll work for food or need, need money, how often do you just keep your eyes glued straight ahead? Don't, don't look, don't look, don't look. You know, if, if you look at them, then you got to either acknowledge a no or yes or give. You know what I'm saying? Am I the only one? I'm the sinner, okay. Okay, and anyways, they say to this guy, dude, look at us. This guy's thinking, ah, payday, I'm going to make it through the day. They're going to, and they say the next phrase, silver and gold have we none. This guy probably goes, oh, great. 
probably got a tract or something, something for me. No, I'm kidding. I mean, you know, he's just saying, oh, great, I'm not going to get what I want. He says, but what we have we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He grabs the guy by the hand. He, he leaps up. He's healed. He's walked. He's never walked a day in his life, and he walks and begins to testify about God. This is the same Peter that was a denier of Christ, but it became a testifier. Now, we see in the story that the religious leaders of the day get upset. What, what, what's this guy doing? And they ask Peter, by whose name, by what name have you done this? Look in Acts chapter, um, I don't even, even have this in my notes. I don't know what that meant. That wasn't tongues, though. <laughs> they ask him, um, by, oh, here you go, Acts 4, 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power, by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and el elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you, to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. But name, okay, this guy that was a denier, I don't even know him. Only a few months have passed. Do you understand that? It's only been like a, a few months at best from when he was like, no, I don't know him. I don't know him. Where he is proclaiming him to those that have power to kill him. And he does it. And you go, oh, man, that's good. And look at here in, in verse, Acts chapter 4, 18. Chapter 4, verse 18. And so they called them, Peter and John, charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to, to listen to you rather than to God, you must be the judge, for we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. And when they had threatened, further threatened them, they, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had, had happened. We see the woman says, don't you know him? He says, he says, no, I don't know him. And we see a total flip side here. A few months have passed, and they say, um, you cannot speak in this name again. And they say, well, we cannot help but speak with this name. Do you see a, t a, t a t total change in Peter? It's, it's am amazing what we see. Denier, testifier. Look at Acts 5, verse 27. And when they had brought them, they brought them again. They've been put in jail since this time. They've been sort of th threatened more. And they brought them. They set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than man. The guy at the fire says, Hey, I think you were with him. He said, No, man, I was not. A few months have passed, restored by Christ, the Spirit at work. And he says, man, we must obey God rather than man. Keep going. Acts chapter 5, verse 40. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them. They beat them. Not hugged them, they beat them. And charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name You've heard Pastor Mike preach quite a few times that living for Christ isn't always 
roses and honey. I don't know what that means, but you know what I'm saying. Man, it can be rough. And they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple, from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Three times we see Peter denies Christ. Three times we see Jesus restoring Peter. Three times we see Peter living out the restoration when he said, you do not even speak in that name. He says, I cannot help but speak about this name. I must obey God rather than man. And upon threat of death, it ends it in verse 42. With every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus. Can we all agree that he was changed? I want to be, 2012, a restored follower of Jesus Christ every day. I get tired of trying to be better. It doesn't do me any good to be better. But if I can just follow him and lean in him and in truth trust him, because that's what it is. My faith, what's my faith in me or him? I've tried me for a long time and it just doesn't get me very far. Some of you today may be here and you may be in that spot of rebellion. And that is you may have never given your faith, your, your, your life to Jesus Christ and put your faith and trust in him. See, we all sin, fall short of the glory of God. And the price of our sin, the wages of our sin, I, mean, we, I think we can all agree that we do, is death. But God sent his son, Jesus, saying there was no other way to live a perfect, sinless life to die on the cross as a sacrifice for our sin. And he just didn't die on the cross. You understand that the consequence of your sin was laid on top of him, and he felt that punishment. He died on the cross, rose again on the third day, and overcame death and the grave so that you and I could have a relationship with God that is eternal. And if you've never believed in that before, if you've never put your faith and trust in that before, there's pastors here. There are some lay people here. Man, I would love to have you talk to you. So come see me uh, in the invitation time of the service. But you just don't, don't miss it. If you came with someone, ask them about it. Hopefully I just put some of y'all on the spot. There's another group here, and that's you, um, that we live and we've rebelled, we denied, we've been there, and we're struggling to do better. We've got a relationship with, with Christ and uh, you just got to accept the restoration that he gives. You just got to go, Lord, you know, you knew, you know how I am. You know how I, f- I fell, Lord. Help me not get back in that boat and just go fishing again. Help me not to be comfortable, but help me to come to you and do whatever that you ask and be restored today. My greatest hope for you is you'll, you'll be restored today, not because of what I preached, but because of who Jesus is. Some of you, you're pursuing righteousness. And can I tell you, do not stop. Fight on, live on. When you fall, get up and uh, live for him. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you <clears throat> chance to be in your house today. Lord, I thank you for the life of Peter where we can see rebellion. We can see your restoration and we can see righteousness lived out. And Father God, I ask if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, Lord, that they will trust in you, that they, they, they will put their faith in you. But 
us around them will walk with them, will help them. Lord, for those that are meandering a little lost, they've been in that between rebellion and restoration, Lord, give them the courage to get up, to seek you, to trust you, to put their faith in you. Lord, above else, all else, Lord, help us to be restored followers of you. Lord, this year, help us to seek you with all that we have, with all that we are. Give us courage even right now to move. In Jesus' name we, we pray. Amen. We're just going to sing a song. I'll be down front. The pastors will be here as well. And uh, the front's here to pray. And uh, let's just ignore that and keep going. So come up here to pray. Uh, if you need to talk to someone, c- come on down. But if God is speaking to you, don't miss it. Let's sing.